comes, and as the video mentioned, it's one of those days that is kind of conflictive at times. I woke up this morning, put a picture on Facebook of my mom, and my heart kind of broke a little, you know, because my mom's been gone for about seven years now, and, um, and moms are such a special thing. Uh, I love seeing the pictures during Mother's Day of moms that are but through social media, and so we're, so we're so thankful. But today we celebrate all of you today, all women in general, but especially moms. Um, and so we're going to do something a little special here in just a moment. But uh, l- let me just tell you a little bit by, <laughs> about my mom. She's no longer around, but she loved to have fun. Obviously, she had me. So it's fun from the beginning for me. She was funny, had a wonderful gift of hospitality. She made lemon meringue pie like nobody else. Big dinners were amazing to to me. Uh, She would always be worried about uh, how the food was, every little detail. She'd decorate for every season. She was that kind of mom. And I know all of us didn't have that, but... uh, it, it, it's just an encouragement to know that we can be, that I grew up in one of those families where I wish that everybody could have had a mom like me. And uh, today we're going to look at the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And um, Mary was a great example of what a mom is all about. And ironically, it begins by her heart, and her desire to serve the Lord. Uh, There's a story told about four preachers, and they were arguing about which version of the Bible was better. One of them said, oh, I'm, I love the King James Version because it's just, it's just pure English. I heard one guy say, if it's good enough for the Apostle Paul, it was good enough for me. Uh, That's not true because it was written in Greek. Uh, So, uh, but uh, then there's, other, another preacher said, well, I, I like the NLT, it's more modern, it's more relatable, and I like the ASV, the other one said, and uh, they waited for the last one, and the last one said, I like my mom's translation. And they go, your mom's translation? She said, he said, yeah, he said, she made it real every day. She made the Bible real every day. And so let's begin our service again with uh, some scripture. And uh, our scripture is the story of Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a village of Galilee, 20, uh, to, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, he told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him a throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked this question. But how can this happen? I am still a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born 
uh, will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth had become pregnant in her old age and people used to say she was barren, but she will conceive a son and, now, and she is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Here's Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The thing that I love about Mary is that she didn't, um, she didn't make excuses. She wasn't like Moses and said, wait, I can't speak. I'm not eligible. This is not a good thing for me. She just said, may everything that you say come true. She didn't say that thy will be changed. And why me? People are going to make fun of me. I'm going to be ostracized. I'm going people, you know, it, it could be a danger to my life. The only question that she had was, how can this really happen because I'm a virgin? She became a servant of the Lord. I am your servant, she stated. She knew because her relation, she knew this because of her relationship with God. Nothing is impossible with God. We sang that. He's an unstoppable God, isn't he? We sang that earlier. And she, so she was truly a woman of faith, and, and this single mom was just an unbelievable power, even at a very young age of probably 15 or 16 years old. The Messiah was going to come, and now God was going to use this girl to be the mother of the Messiah. No pressure there. Today, I thought we'd do something a little different. I'd like to do an interview kind of with my daughter-in-law. Uh, Shannon is uh, on her way, and she is, um, uh, she's married to my oldest son, Brandon, and they are pastors together a lot at North Point Community Church in Limerick. So this is Shannon. If you wouldn't mind, you can applaud, even though she is my daughter-in-law. <laughs> So, Shannon, uh, thank you so much for taking time from your church to come to our church, which I appreciate. And uh, one of the things about this uh, whole event that Mary had to go through is that she had such a heart to serve God, and I know that's your heart too. And, um, but one of the things that, that this was a direct call of God for her, like an angel shows up, and, and now... You've adopted five children, had two of your own. So um, did, did an angel show up? Or? <laughs> I mean, cool. other than me. I, 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 I. <laughs> so an angel didn't show up, but we did hear clearly from the Lord. And I don't know if you've ever gone through something that you know that the Lord has called you to. It's just something that you can't escape. It's a burden, you know, that you... Um, can't escape. And I was thinking about this, Dad, and I was thinking how, you know, like what, if you think about Abraham, God didn't ask him to sacrifice Isaac at the very start of their relationship. You know, he taught him to hear his voice as he navigated the desert and brought him out and away from his homeland. And he built trust with him over a long period of time and then asked him to do something that was really difficult. And so, um, I feel like that's sort of like where we were at when God asked us to bring in four kids all at once. <laughs> so it was like, okay, we're in a place of trust. Um, you know, and I wish I was, 
I wish I was more like Mary in my response. Um, hers was an immediate confession of obedience, um, but I had to work through a lot of fear um, before submitting. Like I was afraid of being involved with the foster care system again because we had had like a lot of difficult um, situations before that with other kids. I was afraid of what it would do to our family. Like seven kids is a lot, you know? Will I be able to give them all the love and everything that they need? Um, I was afraid of how it would impact the kids that God had already given me. Um, and I remember intensely praying about this and these fears one time, and God just whispered to my heart, trust and obey. Trust and obey. What else can you do? So I could either choose to um, go through the motions, I guess, and obey without trust, but that would just lead to like resentment or bitterness, I think. Or I could say that I was trusting, but not um, obey, but that's not really trust, is it? Because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So I really had no other choice. So I guess, you know, Mary was like really submissive, and I just felt like, okay. <laughs> that was yeah, she, and she, she served, and that's what, mm -hmm. that's really what having that many children is. And really, that's what being a mom is, that they mm -hmm. serve so yeah. much. I mean, mm -hmm. They do so many different things, and they serve God in so many different ways. And, um, and so four in one day, that was, uh, that was quite a day. Mm -hmm. I was there. It was amazing. Um, and you had one, you had adopted one little boy earlier. Uh, could you put that picture back up again? I just wanted to, and then maybe you could introduce everybody to us. Okay, so if you start at the top left, that's Jaden. He's it's his birthday, birthday today. today yeah. He's 17. <laughs> and then you've got Reagan and Janelle, and they're here, and Jayana. Those three, they're all with me today. They're down there. And then if you loop around, the little girl there is Abigail, and then Allie in the middle, and Malachi, the littlest guy. Yeah. So that's their family, and we're and um, I'm a proud grandpa. The one thing else that we noticed, uh, Shannon, about Mary is that she worshipped God. And she worshipped immediately after being asked to do this wonderful mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. and, um, and here's the scripture that says, How my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That is just absolutely amazing that she would say those. For he took the notice of a lowly servant girl, and from now... On all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation, and to all who fear him. She was a worshiper. I love what she says. My spirit rejoices. My soul sing praises. You know, and she was humble. She said, she uses this uh, term, uh, that God would take notice of a lowly servant girl. She had a deep, rich relationship with God, and, uh, and that foundation of their relationship really allowed her to be who she became. And, um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure she didn't know all the things that she was going to have to go through, but she did know. Not. Now, Shannon, I know that you're your big-time worshiper. So as we, as we think about these things... Um, you have seven children, and on top of all this, you're diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer. So how do you worship? <laughs> 
So um, I am cancer free now. Just yeah. FYI. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was. Yeah. Um, but that was a journey. That was definitely a journey last year, <laughs> height of the pandemic. Um, going through all that. But one of my favorite quotes is by Frederick Buchner, and he says, see your life for the fathomless mystery that it is, in the boredom and pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, and smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it. For in the last analysis, all moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. And um, I think the beauty of worship is that it consecrates the ordinary um, I, I, do, I do love to sing and paint and write poetry and all of that. Um, but those moments are no more sacred than when I invite Jesus to help me parent a child or make dinner or fold laundry. You know, Paul tells us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, for this is our spiritual act of worship. Or I like how the message puts it. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. And so that's what I love about Mary's heart there, is that she just, okay, I'm just going to use whatever God throws my way. I'm going to use that to, to worship him and to bring him glory. And so I think all of us can follow her example, um, men and women alike, right? We can follow her example and say, whatever, Lord, whatever you have for me, and, you know, whether it's something difficult or something good, I can still praise you. Mm -hmm. Well, not only was Mary a worshiper, a servant, but she was also a teacher. She always was pointing her family uh, to Christ, to Jesus. She, she would take them with them. I mean, in the first miracle, well, let's read about it. It, um, it says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivity, so Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. And then Jesus responds this way. He says, dear woman, this is not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But then here's mom <laughs> coming in, coming in. She says, but his, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he says. You know, <laughs> do whatever he tells you to do. Standing nearby were six stones, uh, water jars, used in the Jewish ceremony of washing. Each uh, could hold about 20 or to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water, and when the jars, when the, when the jars were filled, he said, now dip out some and take it to your master. So the servants followed his instructions. In this story, in this story we see that she was she was teaching. Essentially, Mary helped Jesus step into and begin his ministry. Maybe not in the way that he would have desired, uh, but it was, uh, Jesus was, Jesus listened and he gave in. So, as a mom, Shannon, have, have you found yourself often in the role of a teacher? And I know, especially now with COVID and everything else, many moms have become teachers. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, every parent knows that teaching is a huge part of, of parenting, right? From teaching your kids how to tie a shoe, to how to drive, to how to not smack your sister on the head with a matchbox car just because she took your favorite superhero. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I'm over, guessing Malachi. <laughs> and over a hundred years ago, J.C. Ryle wrote, there are no little things in training children. All, um, all are important. And I think so much of what our children learn is caught rather than taught. Um, and what I love about this story is that we see the fruit of Mary's submission in the way that Jesus then submits to her. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, I will honor those, God speaking, I will honor those who honor me. Think about that. So when we honor God, he then somehow, and in this mysterious way, he honors us and our will. So even though Jesus was God, because Mary had honored his will in her life, Jesus then honors Mary's will in, in that timing for kicking off his ministry. That just like blows my mind. I, I have, as I said, I have a few of my kiddos here with me today, and it's my prayer that they will catch some of the things that maybe my husband and I haven't necessarily taught outright, like how to open your home to strangers or how to rejoice in suffering, how to celebrate others' differences. But mostly both Brandon and I hope and pray that the biggest lesson that we leave our kids with is that they are beloved children of God and that they are called to love him in return with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and love their neighbor. Yeah, that legacy that we leave is so so important and so valuable. And it's like you said, some of it's not taught, it's caught. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, it, so as we begin to wrap things up here, um, Shannon, I know, I know you would be considered very young. Um, oh, spirit, can, okay. You know. <laughs> I like you more. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a he's good earning, father. He's law. earning brownie that's points. Right, right. Right. Yeah, well, I'm eating at your house today, so I'm going to. I just wanted to. Um, I mean, I know you don't have tons of life experience, but could you, could you share some things that would be encouraging to those that are here, moms, dads, whatever, especially when it comes to children mm-hmm. and all those things? Thanks. Um, I'm just so thankful that the Bible gives us so many amazing people like Mary to look up to or Moses or David or Esther, you know, and then all these amazing saints that came after them, John Wycliffe, Mother Teresa, Elizabeth Elliot, Billy Graham. We have so many people, right, that we can look up to and desire to emulate, you know, father-in-laws. Wow. (laughs) But (laughs) the thing is, like, I think sometimes when we look to others, we can quickly move from that spirit of honoring to then um, comparing, right? And as soon as we do that, then we're entering dangerous territory, Um, So if we've learned anything from Mary, I would say it's just that she's okay with whatever God had planned for her. Um, Some of us might prefer to be behind the scenes, and the idea of, like, getting up on front um, or on a stage in front of people or leading makes us feel sick to our stomachs. Some of us might then reverse want to have, like, millions of followers and be an influencer or whatever with a huge platform and then struggle with quiet moments where we're not in the spotlight. But... Um, you know, Beth Moore says, great lives don't always seem great while we're living them. They may seem embarrassingly regular. Seeking to be extraordinary isn't the answer because great lives are never achieved by making greatness the goal. But when glorifying God, magnifying his greatness becomes our goal, then we will live great lives. So I think as we leave this morning, we can agree and say together with Mary, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
And I just ask that whatever he has for you, may you use it to glorify him. Well, thank you, Shannon, for today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. So those, I hope, were words of encouragement today to you. Carol, we'll be praying for you as your daughter leaves for Uganda. I know it's scary. I mean, I have kids that go to Columbia, you know. They aren't there now, but, but they're there, and it's tough. But um, what, what, a, what a testimony it is. And so it's our, it's our privilege to honor moms today, to honor those women that are here today. Um, we just pray that whatever you're going through, you will have the heart of Mary, that you will just say, Lord, is, is Shannon wrapped things up and said what she said is, it's Lord, Lord, whatever it is, my spirit rejoices in who you are. May ever, whatever you say be come true or, or be a part of that. So let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you and praise you for your love for us. We thank you for moms today. We thank you that um, for those that are here that are hurting because maybe they lost a mom this year or um, maybe they, they've been abandoned um, in their life or they've had a tough relationship with their mom and maybe their mom was struggled with addiction. Whatever it may be, Lord, I ask that you'll minister to those that are here. Help us to be servants. Help us to surrender to you. May our lives be a testimony of worship. May our lives be also, Lord, a testimony that people can see, not being taught, but that they would catch it from us. It would be like, it would be like a virus, Jesus virus, going out to others. Help us, Lord, to be the people of God you want us to be. We ask these things in your name.